0: Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably one of the most entertaining marketing podcasts you're going to put in your ear. I'm Kevin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of the podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges facing the market. Maybe we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Prakash Hari Balan, senior director of marketing analytics at Signet Jewelers, joins us to discuss the unique marketing structure of his business, the importance of predictive data models, and how he measures success.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I am your host, your happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the vice president of B two B products. And partnerships here at Starista, still interim general manager. Let's throw the interim out. Let's call me the general manager now of the B2B division. I just did it. Of course, I did it when my co-host and CEO, AJ Goop, is not on. So we'll have to listen to this and see if he indeed listens and says, Hey, I heard you say that you're the general manager now. I did. Shouldn't have missed the episode. But no, I he had he really wanted to be here today, ladies and gentlemen. I am riding solo. But, you know, I think another tennis injury, we have to tell them, like, I think, start writing in be like, AJ, is, re- is it really all worth it for a trophy? Guess what? We're old enough now. We could buy our own trophies. I guess you didn't realize that as a child, but now you can, I was going by a, a, a store the other day and I realized like you could just buy trophies. But yeah, we miss them. We miss you, AJ. But ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Starista for just a moment. We are Starista. This is the marketing stir. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data, and we also help those customers of ours access that data to help them get new customers through our own ESP, DSP. Email me, vincent at <coughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm live. You can tell. I'm not live now. We record this in advance. But anyway, thank you so much. For listening, we will miss AJ. I will see him though at Ad Week coming up. Ad Week is in New York City. Also, some cool things November 2nd, the Battlefin conference here in New York City. November 2nd, also the Silver Apple Awards, the Marketing Club of New York Silver Apple Awards, for which I usually host. I'm usually the MC of that, but This year, ladies and gentlemen, November 2nd is my 10-year wedding anniversary, my wife and I, 10 years. So November 2nd, I will miss those events, but Starista will be in the house. So please attend. Take a look. I will miss them, but it's not the 11-year, not the 9-year, the 10. That's special. That's special. So also special, ladies and gentlemen, Speaking of anniversaries, ah, look at what I just did there, Prakash. Anniversaries, you you think of anniversaries, you think jewelry, jewelers, very special guest, Signet Jewelers, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to dive deep into, you're like, wait, Signet, I may know who they are. You definitely know the companies that they own, and we're going to get into those. But my very special guest today, I enjoy talking all things football, all things marketing, data, Life, the senior director of marketing analytics at Signic Jewelers, Prakash Hariharabalan. What's going on, Prakash?
0: Hey, Vincent, nice to meet you. That was a great intro. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, my name rolled off your tongue really well, so that's a great start. <laughs> that's a great start. Yeah, people <laughs> always like. I
1: always try to get you know because I speak another language, Prakash. I speak Spanish, but I'm Italian. Uh, as every the viewers could see my face, there's no escaping the way I look because they're like, you're Italian. I know. But yeah, I try. My last name is Pietro Fessa. So I, I pride myself on that. It's a great name. Love the name. Love having you here. And yeah, right in time for my anniversary. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's just a coincidence. But Signet Jewelers, talk to us about those for the listeners out there. Talk to us about the organization. And then your role, I love your role because it combines marketing and analytics and data. It's a very unique, one of the more unique roles that we've had on 160 plus
0: podcasts here. So talk to us. So thank you for having me so, and appreciate that, right? So I work for Signet Jewelers, as you said, and our, our core belief is love inspires love. That's that's our motto. And right, and our mission really is to enable all people, celebrate life and express love that's what we are all about right you want and um occasions as you said anniversaries like birthdays engagements all the big events in life we we are there to help you celebrate celebrate it so that's a big part of it so we are also the world's premier like retailer we are known through our brands um as you said signature jewelers you may may not know but you definitely would have probably heard about K about Jared, about Zales, and then all our newer brands like our um, Rockbox. You can hear and probably a Blue Nile, our online-only uh, brand, and such. So we are um, our mission, as we said, our motto is also to meet our customer, providing the best customer experience as they go through shopping for some really important occasions in their lives. Uh, make it the best possible experience for them. That's that's what we are about. All about the customer experience, rich, rich customer experience. Um, and my role is how to make that possible, bring it to life using data. Um, I support uh, the banner, as it, we call the, the brand's banners internally, right? Um, and support their marketing teams and our SLT make decisions using data um, and that's fundamentally what i do my team does i'm very lucky to have the team that i have of uh, data scientists analysts managers strategists um, to basically to be able to answer uh, all and any questions when it about our customers what they like where what they've bought previously and build complicated model models data science models that's our bread and butter so so that's kind of an a gist about the company and what my role entails um, in probably less than a minute yeah no you did it that's
1: like that's a that's a great way to break it down because like you said a lot of people do prakash know those i mean in marketing if you want to get into the nitty-gritty on marketing like think about a few of those brands you just mentioned K, right. Every kiss begins with K. Jared, he went to Jared. It's like that's amazing. You know how many people would love to have that ingrained in in, in you know in the culture and pop culture. So it's it's amazing. You know the brands that you represent there. Before we dig a little deeper into that, we have a staple question: like, how'd you get started in this business? How'd you get started in in marketing? What what? Was it data first, Was it, and then marketing? Talk to
0: us. Um, it's a very interesting question. So um, I started out you know, in marketing, actually, in my days at Devoit. Um, so my background a little bit, I started out as uh, a lot of people from where I'm from in India as an engineer, software engineer, built a lot of highly complicated software solutions that today would be AI solutions, uh, would do that. And then I went and did my MBA from Kellogg. Um, marketing school, the best marketing school in the world, right? So that's where I got started in marketing, if you were to go uh, take that as a starting point. And then I went to Deloitte, a lot of go-to-market strategy work in Deloitte. And then through my work in in the world of corporate strategy at different firms that I work, that's marketing has been a central pillar of the work that I've done. So that's kind of my story in marketing. And as, as time changed in the last 10 years, the, the role of data, marketing used to be a little more fluffy, softer, and making some, um, shall we say, intuitive, gut-based decisions to more data being available, structured data, unstructured data coming together. And making decisions became more important. Making data-driven decisions became more and more important. And my role kind of changed over time to using more and more data. And I landed here uh, in this very exciting role at Signet, where I drive decisions, enable leaders to make data-driven decisions.
1: That's awesome. And uh, let's give a nice, uh, let's give a shout out to Kellogg School, Northwestern. You know, everyone listening, check it out. So you were talking, Prakash, Signet operates almost as like a holding company for those various retail brands does that structure impact the work you do in marketing and marketing analytics is it all the different brands that you're kind of overseeing you know into one area we'd love to learn more about that
0: yes so it's definitely very unique for a retailer right to have um things separated out help owning banners and brands like this um but I also go back to what what makes it easy for me is to kind of tap back into my strategy experience, where we help with other places where you have lines of business. Think of it like lines of business, business units, what have you. Um, so that mindset helps me um, work very easily uh, with the banner So yes, we do have different groups because each banner is, independent for to a very large extent. When I'm working with their marketing teams, their customers are different. So we work exclusively with them, but there are also a lot of areas of synergy. Um, that's why we are able to maximize the value of what we do. So if, in, in other ways, if you think about it, if each banner had to have the kind of team, if they were totally independent, it would be very hard for them to kind the kind of support that we provide because right now we are providing support to multiple banners. Some of a lot of things that we do is of the same infrastructure, but the questions that we help them answer are very unique. So same base, and then we branch out and specialize for what we do. So it makes it a little uh, different, but also it provides for, it's very exciting because for everyone on the team, they're able to do the, the comparison. Like, hey, this is, this is the way it works here. What happens with K? this is the this is the K customer, and they're behaving like this. What happens, and how does a similar profile customer do with sales? so it it makes the work even more exciting than it would be if we were supporting just one.
1: yeah, well, and and I imagine the challenge is you're dealing with different degrees of measurement and measurement success throughout all those. How is that kind of play in you know, I would imagine each individual, you call them banners, right, have their own units of success. Talk, to, talk about that process.
0: Yes, so the way we measure success, especially for our work that comes in as you work with them, right? So we have got, what as, as any, any team would say, hey, resume is like we have a mix of soft and hard metrics. So our, So think of it like, hey, what's our primary goal? We want to make sure that the banners maximize their investment in marketing. That's the fundamental goal of, of our team, right? And then we are making them choose the right people to target at the right place, the right time. So we are trying to maximize that. So are we able to achieve it? So standard measures, ROI, incremental ROI, are we, are we pressure testing certain models that uh, the, we, we get from third-party vendors, like a typical marketing mix model, and things like that, that's where we add value. Um so standard models like that, and then there are slightly second secondary tier uh, second-tier metrics like, hey, we publish a lot of dashboards because we want to enable self-serve of analytics by the vendors, right? We don't want them coming to us every time for every question and create this book analysis. so how how well are they using it? How well are we training them? To get them to use the dashboards themselves and things like that. So we track that metric. And the third metric is to say, hey, are we solving different, more complicated questions than we did last year? That's a big part of us to say, you know what, for my team, it's very important to say, okay, we're doing something, we're doing more and more higher value added work, and we are moving the needle for both our team for the team and for the enterprise. So those are Kind of in a very broad strokes, how we measure. Yes,
1: that's very interesting. And you know, when when you're talking about that, what other things that come to mind are well, there's a lot of. You're also you have a lot of insight into. Okay, well, we think that this person who is shopping at Jared would also be able to purchase at K, and you're understanding that information and what makes what makes a good kind of crossover client, I would imagine. And also, are you involved at all, Prakash, in the marketing and the data analytics behind where the next store
0: opens up? Any of that information are you involved in? Uh, We definitely partner with real estate. So we definitely partner very strongly with real estate because they would come to our, they'll work with us and say, hey, this is the profile of Give me the profile of a typical sales customer, for example. If you want to open a sales store, they'll say, "Okay, this is how a customer looks like," and then they would say, "Okay, do we have enough of these people in a certain mile radius of the store?" Because that's we know how far customers will travel, not travel, so on and so forth. So we work with them in picking, um, helping them make the decisions, but the decision itself is made by a different team. You know, what were
1: some of those challenges? You're at a new company, you're at a in a pandemic. How did you navigate the retail challenges around the pandemic? And also, there's some industries we talked to, Prakash, where they're like, Yeah, we we sold lumber and we went through the roof, or we sold these type of products, or we're a manufacturer of this. Jewelry, I would imagine, was one of those, was it one of those people kind of were more cautious about it? You don't, you didn't hear about many people rushing to buy jewelry during a time like that. But I'd love to understand your
0: thoughts around that. Yeah, so luckily, for me, I started a few months before the pandemic and it was, and it shows, and I started at the end, my nearly, it's my four year anniversary right now, actually, I just finished, I had that uh, a few days ago.
1: Anniversaries all around, I love it. All around, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> right? Uh, so that lead time actually allowed me to build a very good network, kind of shows the importance of the first 60, 90 days when you start a job and start at a new place, it was it was almost godsend, if I could say that, right? Um, and that helped me understand the team, understand the stakeholders, um, and also all the other pieces that changed very fast during the, as, as we went through a lockdown, which was our IT infrastructure. Because when we went into lockdown in March, it was, hey, how do we manage to do all the big data analytics work that we do over VPN? Um, and as the stores were closing, everyone was trying to figure out how do we actually change and adapt to a very different operating model? And I want to, I'll say this, Signet, everyone rolled up their sleeves and were flexible as as I've never seen ever before. We went through the for three months, four months, it was very, very challenging. We um, were basically very for a large part of the time we were digital only and as store slowly opened up. Um, it was we were experimenting with a lot of things and we were helping the banners experiment, test and learn, test and learn. how do we support the the jewelry consultants in our stores? Um, And we work closely um, with everybody supporting all their requests, creating lists of customers to outreach, supporting our customers, supporting our JCs. Um, And the organization honestly benefited from a lot of work that we had been doing around digitization. So we had... Around that time, we launched what's called Live Person. It was like a chat. We would come onto our site, have a conversation with a the, with the, with the virtual jewelry consultant. So a lot of investments that were being made and continued to be made during the pandemic just made, transformed us into a very different company. Now we also observed, and that there were a different kind of customers who were also coming in. To, we were seeing generally a lot more younger customers come in, buy some gifts. Typically, we would not have seen them. Um, there are many reasons for that. Uh, maybe some of it was stimulus, some of it was like, hey, the restaurants are closed, can't go to the movies, some of the benefit from that. But we did see a new set of customers come in and, we have ma- and we've also seen them stay through most of as we reopened slowly and made the environment very uh, safe for both our employees and our uh, customers. It's been fantastic. The way Signet managed to support everybody was just
1: amazing. That is, yeah. Because as you're talking about it, I'm also thinking it's, you know, anniversaries still go on and special events and birthdays and weddings to people are like, oh, I'm not going to wait four years to get married. I'm going to, and they're going online. And I think, like you said, a lot of the younger audience that, maybe is not going to a mall or a shopping center, they discover you online and they start to really love the products and the quality of the products and they stay with you. So yeah, we talked to a lot of companies that, and that was our question we were asking throughout those first couple of years about the pandemic. And you see how many, how people adapted and, or those who didn't were quick to do some digital transformation. So that's interesting to hear. Let's talk about you said a couple of things. Like so, kind of a two part question, but it, it leads into something you just said with the live person. Even taking that further, the importance of data in your role, and also is Signet utilizing AI even further than what you were originally doing there with the live person?
0: Oh yes. Um, so we'll start with um, importance of data. Right, data is central to my to my world. Uh, one of the biggest things as I kind of alluded to is marketing transformation. We are going from marketing as a function being more um, experience uh, intuition based to being more data driven, more technology driven, right? So saying, okay, can I make the right, can I make the best decision using the best available data? Um so and so that's for, for that to happen, uh, data is the central piece, and my team and I play a very, very, very important role in that. Um, so that's our bread and butter. We build models of our data, predictive models to tell, hey, this customer is better this cust- than customer A versus B. Customer A should be targeted. Don't target them right now. Target them three months from now. Target customer C right now. Um, it's better to send them a um, an email versus making giving making a call to them or making sending them a direct mail or hitting them up on social media. So all these decisions are all based of all the different models that my team builds, um, so on and so forth. Uh, yes, we do. And the other question of are we using AI? Yes, we're using AI uh, quite a bit. Whether it is to make product recommendations or we are using in visual search on the site or you're using. Many are experimenting for we're a technology forward company. I'm very proud to say that are experimenting with a lot of the technologies that have been like in the popular media for the last few months, right? We're experimenting with that a lot, a lot. Obviously, cannot talk about it more publicly, but we are we are experimenting with them internally and, and you'll see some exciting stuff in the coming months. That's interesting. Yeah, I assumed you you
1: were just because of uh, data forward you are, but Signet, large company, right? Different, even the companies underneath that are very, very large. What, what, what advice do you have for people in small businesses that are interested in incorporating data, data science into their marketing mix?
0: Um, honestly, I think uh, I, I have friends in small business who are actually using data, data and data science. The barrier to entry is very is much much lower than what it used to be a few years ago. Earlier, you needed to have, starting with like, hey, if I have some, A, hey, how do I collect data? Where do I store data? You needed a, a mini IT organization to even, before you started thinking about data scientists and others. But in today's world, in the world of cloud infrastructure, actually, the smaller companies have an advantage because they are not limited by some of the larger companies' infrastructure and decisions that were made at a very different point in time. So, smaller, newer companies' ability to leverage cloud technology to get off the ground very fast, and also all the marketing platforms, they have fantastic tools available to solve. And then there are also a lot of, you don't even need to today invest in a permanent resource or resources to go build out a marketing function. You can collaborate, work with consulting companies, and some of my friends have done that. Um, And experiment and see, okay, does that work for you? And nine times out of 10, it'll work for you. Uh, And you'll make uh, a really, it'll change the way you make decisions and you go about doing your business. That's great advice. Yeah, I know our, our
1: small business owners and people who work there who are listening appreciate that. Prakash, talk to us about, you know, you've done a great job and you have an interest in intertwining data and kind of the overall culture of your business or businesses. How are you doing that? How are, you know, what results are you finding there? The decision-making process around it. I would love to get your overall sense on how you're doing that and kind of the importance of it. Great question, actually.
0: Even though I work with data so much and my team works with data, it's at the end of the day a people business. And it's all about the people, right? Uh, And it's about, understanding the question behind the question. And you cannot really understand that until you have a very good, you build a relationship. So that's why I kind of, I was saying right at the beginning, before the pandemic, I had, I had some time before it started because I was able to build relationships, get to know them, get to understand the business a little better, get to know people one-to-one. Um, and that is a very important thing in the world of data because I've seen many, many, People, especially starting out, oh, the data says this. This is what, so it has to be right. Or So it is, yes, it is true, but it is true within a certain context. So, and people tend to not understand the importance of people relationships because it is people who at the end of the day have to make decisions. And the data at the end of the day will tell you A good part of the story, but never tell you the full, almost never tell you the full story, especially when you're talking, making decisions about the future, right? There is a a good portion that's fuzzy, unclear, still have to make a decision based on that's why I use the word best data available. (laughs) It's never going to be the complaining for me, right? So it's all about people. And I think honestly, for me, what's really, really helped is my uh, work in in the world of strategy. It opened my eyes to a lot of different things, working with marketing, working in finance, working with product, product teams, a whole lot of different teams, and working with the C-suite, right? That was something that helped me understand as a young practitioner, the importance of people relationship and emphasizing it, building it and asking the questions. So one of the things that I instituted when I came here was to say, okay, we've got to have, just because somebody asks for something, we just don't go do it. We meet with them and we ask, we have a 30 minute meeting with them, ask them, okay, why why is this question important for you to answer? What decisions are you trying to make? Understand the context, understand the question behind the question. And that's helped us be become far more effective. Because at the end of the day, that's what we are trying. We're not trying to give them a data sheet uh, or a PowerPoint slide and give them, okay, here are the four data points. You want to be able to suss the insights out, tell them and help them make a decision.
1: You no, know, it makes complete sense. And I mean, especially in in, you know, an all business, it's a people business. I I, as I joked in the beginning of the podcast, well, it's I am in charge of our B2B division and our All of our B2B data and B2B marketing. And even though that's a business to business, at the end of the day, that decision maker is a person and he or she is busy and maybe is working from home. And it's just, you have to really think about it that way in in all walks of life as far as marketing goes. So I I love that you restated that. Data, right? So you're talking about goals, you talked about. Really taking a deep dive into the data. So, how do you confront data that is misaligned with the narrative or goals of a company that you're working with? Um,
0: that's again, great questions. I'm loving this, Vincent. Thank you. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, again, it is it is to understand the context. And somebody says, and we have this quite a few times, right? Okay, you come up with an analysis and, they go, and the leader will say, mm, I don't think this is right. This isn't wrong. This isn't, this is, not okay. Um, I expected the customers to be like this, or I ex- the belief was they would come back in X number of months. You're telling me it's different. Whoa. And then you, uh, you got to understand both sides. You know, understand, okay, where is, what is the source of what we call tribal knowledge or context? Or where is this coming from? Under what context was that true? And are, is, are we talking about it from a different context? rather than, again, saying, okay, this is what the data says and data is right. You have to look at data from that context, right? So we understand the context. A few times I've been right, a few times I've been wrong. Um, And we have had to adjust the context. So it's, again, again, trying to understand why somebody is believing in what they believe. Is this backed by um, just something that's been told to them? Or is is there more to it? And in most cases, and not we have usually found that um, either the context is very different, or more importantly, we have thought about the problem in a very very different way. We've solved about, solved it in a very different way. It's a new way. Then we have to bridge the gap. We have to tell them, hey, you know what? This is not wrong. But when we look at these seven new things that we have been able to look at that was not available in the historical context or in the prior context, we, hence, have a different point of view on that same metric, right? You have to be able to walk your stakeholder through that process, through that thinking um, in order to build credibility and make sure that, uh, so usually people are receptive as long as you're willing to... Take walk with them through the process and also understand the implications. sometimes it is like you have to understand, okay if, if a decision a was being made because of certain beliefs, now you're saying that the beliefs are wrong. What does it do to decision a do I make what do I, what's the impact of that in some cases it may be material in some cases it may not be material, and it comes back to the people business, right you say and if it's not if it's very material, then you work with them if it's not material you'll, you you kind of go okay, it's not <laughs> Don't, 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 don't fall on the spark for that. <laughs> I love it.
1: I, I love the way you break that down. It's, and uh, so now, Prakash, let's, all the hard questions are gone, right? Now, these are, these are the personal questions. We get to know you personally here on the podcast. Well, we have one as our signature question. And people, if we ever miss this question, people confront me. At conferences. And I'm like, all right, take it easy, man. Um, it's our LinkedIn question the company you're at, the title, you must get LinkedIn messages all the time. What's a message that you hate and you never respond to, but oh, what's one that
0: you will respond to and kind of catches your eye? Um, so, messages that I Generally, don't respond to or ones that lack again can't delve to be a simple blank hello. Hey, I looked at your um, looked at your profile, where it's either blank, so I don't know why you want to connect with me. Um, sometimes you're telling, or, and sometimes like, hey, I found your profile interesting, so would like to connect with you. What about it? Yeah, it's like why exactly? Um, but the ones that are really it, that really I engage with, and I. Are the ones where there is like, hey, this is what I really liked in your this one. This is what I've got. Uh, and if it's a sales pitch, there's nothing wrong with it, right? So there's, I respect that. I mean, it's the hardest job in the world is sales. Uh, but if you're upfront, if someone's upfront about it, hey, this is what I'm looking for, this is what we're selling, I think this would be interesting, it would be a good use of your time, would love to connect with you, I usually respond to that. Um, The same thing if it's about like, hey, this is my network, I'm I'm a young person, I'm starting to build my network, I would like to um, chat up with you, talk to you, that's something I I totally accept. But as long as I know why somebody is uh, wanting to talk to me, they're more likely to get a response than a blank one or just a very, what looks like a copy paste. Basically, you can tell somebody's copy pasting like 20, the, no, to like 20 people,
1: you know, what always gets me is when someone just messes up where they're like, hey, you don't have a, the right company in there. You, you know, you, you forgot to, you know, delete that and insert Starista when you said that. Oh, those ones, you know, or little things like, you know, the getting my name wrong or I know it's, it's like, really, come on. And look, I, I understand, you know, uh sales extremely tough. I know all firsthand you know, a lot of that, but yeah, it's, it's like, you know, do your homework. I, I always tell people where it's like, look, I don't, you don't need to send out 400 emails a, a, a week to get someone just find some commonality, just talk to people the way you'd want to be talked to. So yeah, I know that's uh, your, your points reiterate all that. So you, you are, we, we were talking about this, Prakash, you're in the uh, Cleveland area, but you're uh, a Bears fan. I have a lot of, my closest friends are Bears fans growing up in New York. I guess the 85 Bears had a big impact on them and they're just like, we're going to stick with them. I'm like, all right. So with that, I know you're a big sports fan, but what else, what do you like doing uh, up there in, in Cleveland?
0: Some of your hobbies? Um so I'm a I'm an emerging DIYer. Oh nice. I'm just learning the learning some stuff. I built some raised garden beds this summer, grew some vegetables. I love that. Uh built some outdoor furniture. So that's one part. I've got some you know, projects that I want to run around the house to do around the house basically for Ethernet wire my whole house. This is like a 1970s house. So I want to, there, there are phone ports here right here. On table. yeah,
1: so like you, you, you have a, like a pay phone in your home and a phone booth. You're like, how did this happen? Yeah,
0: exactly. So I want to do some work. And um, then I love playing and then I love uh, learning, relearning uh, fifth grade, sixth grade math with my kids. Oh, I know. Do some, <laughs> so that. Um, and then actually, I love nature, so I go out as much as I can, especially in the beautiful summer that you get, the beautiful and short summer that we get in Cleveland, yeah. <laughs> to go, out, go out into the woods. Um, and to the extent possible, go to Disney. My, my, my kids love it, so we'll, we'll, every two years or so, we'll go down to Disney and have some have a good week off over there. So those, those are really good. And I'll have a plug. I'll watch a little bit of cricket it's the world cup time right now it's the cricket world cup so i'm watching that as well
1: oh yeah oh yeah aj loves cricket too oh yeah he's a big cricket fan uh our ceo that would have been nice to have uh have you guys chat well will connect you anyway because you know he's uh he's a ceo of this, this uh, awesome company here so it would be nice for you two to Meat, but that's awesome. Yeah, he would he's gonna miss this episode. It was, uh, cause that that would have been the last like 35 minutes of that, he would have just been talking about um, cricket. But uh, that's awesome. I, I love how you say you're like an emerging DIYer. You're like, I just built some outdoor furniture. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's, uh, that's not emerging. That's you're, you're there. I'd help. Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny. The, early this morning, so my wife and I, we just bought a, a home, an apartment here in Manhattan. And we have a, a backyard, it's, which is very rare for Manhattan. And today's the first, I moved in in June. Today's the first day, Prakash, I felt like a homeowner because I raked leaves. <laughs> Not raked, I swept. Let me, let me, uh, I know that'd be silly to buy a rake, but I swept leaves off of my backyard, it's like wooden and it kind of has like this, this brick, raised brick all around. It's like a little private oasis, which is nice. But I swept leaves. And I said, "I said, wow, I feel like a homeowner. I feel like I'm in the suburbs. Nice. And yeah, it was, uh, it was surreal. It was. That just happened today, matter of fact. Uh, joys of homeownership. You'll love it. I, yeah, well, I don't know how much I enjoy it because I'm like, wait, I need a plumber now. And I was working from home yesterday because I had to wait for a plumber to come. And then I was like, wait, so just for you to show up, it's how much? You know, you, just to say hello to me? They're like, oh, yeah, that's how much. I'm like, oh, my, this is crazy. Um, New York has to be crazy. Really crazy. <laughs> oh, forget it. New York City, it's it's insane. Everything is expensive uh, here. But uh, also Prakash talk about you I know you're always uh, speaking at different events are are you any of those coming up Yeah I'm at ETel in in February Nice it's
0: early next year uh, I think it's Feb 26th 27th I'll be speaking speaking at that conference So I look forward to it super excited about that that's the next one up on my plate Where is
1: that going to be is that Florida or that's in Palm Springs oh California
0: Yes oh nice nice I'm not going to miss the the Feb weather in in Cleveland for a few A few days in Palm Springs. That's going to be awesome. That'll be awesome.
1: You're like, where is it? What am I speaking on? Sure, I'll do it. I love it. I love it. Prakash, this has been really fun. It's uh, great to get to know you uh, during this episode. A lot of great information. I love it. That's Prakash. Signet Jewelers, Senior Director of Marketing Analytics at Signet. Ladies and gentlemen, another warm welcome. And thank you to Prakash. Hari balan. This is been the marketing stir. I'm Vincent. That's Prakash. AJ, hopefully his swing is better. He's going to really miss this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.
0: Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the marketing stir podcast from Starista. Please like rate and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at the marketing stir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.